cliffcentral.com. All right. It is time for the burning platform right here on cliffcentral.com. Thursday mornings, all the stories that are happening, the stories that affect you and me and the world. Oh, we've uh, we've done a uh, we've done different hair arrangement during those two minutes. New wow. hair arrangement. Look at you. Um, and I just realized because somebody was rude here on the comments last week when Why? I was putting on lipstick Why were at they the rude? beginning. I don't know. Don't they Maybe see I women just, putting on lipstick? That's what women do. Like putting on lipstick. I can feel my lips getting chapped. Everything is so <laughs> controversial these days. You can't even put on lipstick, Hapums. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you got a lot to talk about this morning. Um, there is so much going on. Let me, because uh, we got, we're getting Canton and uh, Bafana Modise in this morning, but let me ask you, because we haven't really spoken, and last week we had, uh, we had so last much. Last week was one of my favorite shows ever. You enjoyed it? I did. One of my favorite shows ever. But because last week was still so, so raw, mm. I think. Last week was still, at least for me, completely in shock around everything that was happening with Israel. Yes. And we spoke about this and I said to you, a week prior to that, Mm -hmm. nobody could have ever foreseen this. Although now that I've had the the week to kind of calm down and think on it, I think they probably did. But this is the problem when you have a government that is so distracted. You're talking about Israel now? Israel. Yeah. They've been so distracted with all of Netanyahu's shenanigans and the, the that they were not paying the attention. Reform of the justice system and there were protests all over Israel. And yeah, there was, there was a lot going every on. other day. Yeah, they, people were talking about how fractious the internal politics of Israel are at the moment. And I mean, this is something that's not, this is not even a controversial thing to say because every Israeli will tell you that that's the truth. In fact, in some ways, and it's horrible to think about this, but... Politicians, like in this case Netanyahu, who I don't particularly have a problem with, a lot of people do, um, they they love, I, I mean, he doesn't love the fact that people died, obviously, unless he's a complete psychopath, but they like these crises because it gives people pause to support and get behind the nation, etc., at a time where the internal Although I differences don't think it's are going put to aside. Save him. You don't think so? I don't think this is good. This is this is not like Margaret Thatcher's Balkan <laughs> hmm. crisis, right? This is not going to save him because I think this is going to go on for a long time. There is so much bloodshed and we are watching this war. I think this is like the first first time really that we're watching this war in an age of social media in the way that it is. Well, you could argue that for it, Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, you could but argue it was not. For, Afghanistan mm, and Iraq was not the way that Russia, this is. Russia, Ukraine? Not the way that this is playing out. You know, the way that this is playing out is, so if you, you think about what's happened in the last 48 hours with the hospital. Oh, wow. That's a whole story on its own. If you think about what's happened in the last 48 hours with the hospital where there is so much disinformation right and there is so much chaos that almost on a not even an hourly basis almost minute by every minute. 20 minutes yeah. mm-hmm. there is a new breaking story there yeah. is on the ground footage there is there is and we we're and in there the are space. lies there are big 
propaganda lies that are happening. Big lies. So what we know for sure right now is we cannot trust anything coming out of Hamas and we cannot trust anything coming out of the IDF. Because at the moment, you're not sure, you know, so... Well, let's just explain to people what happened with that hospital because that's an interesting story. So initially the story was, um, and the AP reported it directly from Hamas. They said, oh, a hospital has been shelled and bombed by by the IDF. 500 people are dead. That's what we heard. And everyone goes, oh, my God. Because obviously no one's going, yay, civilians are dead. No one. A hospital. This is where people, you know. Unless you're a monster. So initially, and you had people all over social media then using this as like, you see Israel are just absolute war criminals, blah, 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 blah. Give it a bit of time. Then it starts becoming about how, no, this is one of Hamas's own rockets. This was an internal rocket right. that misfired, a rocket and, coming and, from Hamas towards Israel. It misfired right. and it hit the hospital. And so by it the wasn't way, a direct hit By the way, anyway. a fair percentage of the, the missiles that are fired out of Gaza land in Gaza. This is something not a lot of people are keen to talk about, but it happens. And for Hamas, it's like, eh, casualties are casualties, Right. Anyway, changes again just a little while later, and it turns out not to have been a hospital at all, but an abandoned parking lot. Now, there may have still been people hurt. There may have still been people killed. I don't like the idea of us talking about how many were killed because I think that that's quite pointless. One death is too many if it's an innocent civilian. But the, the, and then, look, the, then, the, then the fake news footage, right? So oh then yeah. this is Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera were actually... On the ground, filming at the time. And when you look at this, then you have the the IDF. This Mm -hmm. is the trajectory of all of the rockets over that period of time in this. Then you, and all of it, all of it from minute to minute, minute to minute. Are you, trying, is are you his, trying to ape our president and the, the, the are you trying to upset everybody here? Canton, Canton is getting Canton his props has a, ready. Canton has a yamulka and a kefir on. What, what are you trying to say? What is this? So it's a Palestinian scarf, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, you've got yeah. a, a kefir and a yamaka. Absolutely. Are you just trying to upset everyone at once? No, I'm actually trying to show solidarity with both sides of this conflict, which I think... Are you able to, or is that moral equivalence, Bafana? Let's find out. <laughs> I've mean, got so much to talk about here. Yeah, I, I think you have to just decide uh, which one are you on, or you want to be solidarity with both of them. No, I'm absolutely in solidarity with people on the ground on both sides. I have complete contempt for the utter fuckheads who are running the overall strategy on both sides of this conflict. And Mm. I think that that's a good starting point for us to have. uh, Could you ask the comment section whether I can take off my glasses now? Yes, you can take off your glasses. (laughs) Thank you, Captain. (laughs) All right, so there we go. Controversial start to the burning platform, but what did you expect? I mean, did you really think it was going to be uh, easy pickings this morning? So we got a full full lineup. Um, Let's just introduce everybody. So Bafana, first of all, Pumi corrected my uh, pronunciation of Tsocha Mocha. Yes, okay, Socha is, Because it's Socha not pronounced mocha. like mocha, I could have told you I, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just immediately <laughs> see that. Mocha, I immediately see that. No, he coffee. didn't say mocha. He yeah. did not. What is, what is it? Is it Socha Mocha? I, no, he did not say All mocha, right. guys. Okay, don't get yes. distracted. We actually have real we, things we to talk about. We have work to do here. <laughs> just by the way. Just arriving so late I had, and just, causing all of this I had, chaos. Um, I had Penwell Mlochwa in the studio yesterday, and I said to him, why is it that South Africa, and we've just proven we are not above this, Mm-hmm. South Africa is so easily distracted, right? We were, while this whole thing in the Middle East is happening, 
people are talking about Dr. Matthew and Jada Pinkett. And we've fallen into that trap too on this show. So it's we're no better. It's not just South Africans, man. It's how oh, our Lord. brains work. Our brains, when things are too difficult, our brains like try and... You know, it's one, thi- it's one thing to have a doctor. Yourself, it's one thing to have a doctor who's not even qualified. But to have a department of health endorsing that kind of a doctor, that was kind of worrying. <laughs> a whole department of health actually saying, our brain is shining star. Only to find out that the man's not even a doctor. Yeah, South All Africa. Right, so Bafana is a broadcaster and activist for social justice, a former SRC president. You were in ANC then? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, was, I was leading Sasko by then. Yes. But you have reformed. <laughs> I've seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> and you are head of communications at the South African Friends of Israel. What is the South African Friends of Israel? South African Friends of Israel is a movement <clears throat> of South Africans uh, who are totally opposed, therefore, to... Uh, the ANC uh, stands on this conflict. We we believe that a two-state solution uh, is the only solution. And I don't think that uh, choosing sides and actually imposing your ideological uh, position on the majority of, of South Africans is the right way to go about it. I think you should rather be, as um, one thing about Nelson Mandela, he had a, a relationship with uh, both sides and he chose a diplomatic position for both Palestine and Israel. So ANC lately has been more Palestinian and uh, anti-Israel and they are literally like, just yesterday. Now you could he, even ask, the, you can even argue rather that uh, Naledi Pando is pro-Hamas. Dude, he called Hamas. How do you call a terrorist organization? It's, 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 it's appalling. They call so her. clearly we are moving to South Africans. So th- this is interesting because, okay. you know, surely the starting point towards ending a conflict Sure. is to actually have an open channel of communication. True. So you're saying that it's wrong for Naledi Pando, who has you know, put forward a statement that actually says mm. that there needs to be a peaceful resolution to this conflict and that South Africa is willing to act as an honest broker. Not, not and, how do, and how does South Africa do that if yes. they don't have an open channel of communication? But how do you do that when you've already said, I'm taking this side? You can't call well, it. Well, I'm, I'm actually he, disagreeing. He could have called. He, I'm, she could I'm, have called. I'm disagreeing. She could have called the, the PA. She could have called the Palestinian Authority or Mahmoud Abbas as a, as a minister, not a terrorist case, organization. No, but the perps in this case is Hamas. No, but they, then, they are the perps. Okay, let, let, let's agree. It's on a, a terrorist organization. Okay. Hamas is we a can, terrorist organization. True, we, we agree, agree on that. Agree on that. Okay. So, what is the whole so, minister doing so, calling a terrorist organization then? Because how do you open a channel of communication? But, to, because it's not the Palestinian Authority that's firing these rockets in this particular case. But it's it's Hamas. True. So, how can you call the Palestinian Authority and tell them tell Hamas to stop this? No, actually, Hamas has contempt. For the Palestinian Authority. But but by the mere fact that listen, this is this is not new. Okay. Last year here we had a Hamas leader right in the ANC conference here in Nazareth. So they have had this uh, TNT meetings with Hamas for a very long time. And that is not in any way towards building or making yourself a partner to to broker peace between these two people. You between are literally chosen okay, between, between the Israelis people? and the Palestinians. No, no, it's not Israel and the Palestinians, it's Israel and Hamas, because Hamas are the perps. You don't, you don't get my point. There is a PA, there is a government of the Hamo, of, of, of whatever, of, of broker, Palestine. Brokering peace with the PA is not going to end up with <laughs> Or rather engage with Qatar. But this is the Qatar. thing that we were talking about, Gareth, earlier, sure. where I said to you that the, there are so many, so many interests in this conflict mm. that it is difficult to really uh, be able to 
to take a bird's eye view of it and say, mm. this is how the conflict is going to be solved because there are so many moving parts and so many interests and so many different motivations. So if you consider that Hamas's motivation backed by Iran is to destroy Israel, right? I think if, it's even simpler than that. It's not so much about destroying Israel because the incursions and the violence and the, 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 the civilian deaths that we saw on Saturday just a week ago, let's mm. not forget, were not aimed at territorial expansion or at damaging infrastructure. It was about killing Jews. That's what it was. That's it. They didn't. Uh, hang on a second. They didn't only kill Jews. Okay, they killed um, Israeli Arabs as well. They killed international yes. people from yes. well, like yeah, fifty the, the, countries. This was indiscriminate slaughter. You know. Yes, their their stated objective was to kill Jews, but yeah. it, it I mean, was, it when was someone says that's what they are, it, it was absolutely uh, indiscriminate. Yeah, I I I, nice I just think so, Canton. I mean, you're a big uh, gun guy, and you believe in being able to defend your property. Yes. I think if someone walks into my house because they've got some beef with me over, I don't know, mm, mm, mm. mineral rights or they've, I've, I dumped a wheelbarrow <laughs> load of stuff, stuff on their side or I've got in the way of their servitude or whatever, they, whatever their gripe is with me. Someone walks into my house and murders a child of mine or tries to, uh, to, to kidnap my wife or does kidnap my wife, I think I'm entitled to be just a little more than slightly pissed off and take whatever action. Well, I think whether or not you're I would entitled like to it doesn't matter. I know what I would do in that situation. What would you do? I, I would get medieval on their asses. Right. That's you know, what happens to, now. To quote Pulp Fiction. But, but you see, the, the problem is that when we live in the moment at that level, so let's agree on this concept, okay? You're coming into my house mm. and you're targeting my family. I'm provoked. Yeah. But mm. the but the fundamental problem that we're dealing with in this conflict yes. is the question of the fact that the person who is coming in and saying that you've stolen my house all these years ago and I want it back. But so, then... So, no, but no, then, so, so, the, the, wait, no, wait, wait, no, let me... Let's talk about no, Gaza. No, no, Hamas wait, wait. is in Gaza, no, no, right? No, no, Israel no, left no, Gaza no, no, 205. No, 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 so let, me, let me finish this am I still okay. taking? Am I still taking your land when I've left it? Just like they say, you know what? Keep your land. So this is my... I'm, this I'm is going your territory. to ask you guys a question, all of you present here right yes. now, okay? What are the borders of Israel? What well, are the they've borders shifted of Israel? a lot. No, shifted no, no, a lot. no, no, no. What are the borders of Israel? Since the 40s. What do you mean? The, well, the, what, what, what is your question? I mean, well, my, my question is, are there borders for Israel? Yes. So, yes on, no, they're not. On the west, no, is no, the, no. the Mediterranean is a fairly safe border for <laughs> no, Israel. No, no, there, there are no borders of Israel. And I'll tell you why there are no borders of Israel, okay? The only purported borders in terms of the Israel conflict mm. goes back to 1949 when there was an armistice. Okay, now an armistice is basically an agreement to cease hostilities. Mm -hmm. And mm. there was a green line that was drawn yes. that demarcated beyond which conflict should not take place. True. There has never been a formal border that has been drawn up. But no, 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 wait, wait. No, I hear, I hear, you see, no, the reason why this is crucial, mm. okay, and understand that to a large extent, I'm a friend of Israel as well. So... Keep that at the back of your mind. Yes, for those who've just tuned in, he's wearing a kefir, but he's also got a yarmulke under those headphones. Absolutely, so. yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when you have, and it, it's exactly Kippa. the same scenario that, that we have in uh, between North Korea and South Korea, there isn't a border. 
Okay, from okay, the point of view of Canton, how much of this is technical and semantic? It's not technical and semantic at the point at which you try and say there needs to be peace in this place, but you can't have an agreement on what the basis is of what the peace should be. And until we can get some sort of global agreement around the stuff, this is going to be an ongoing conflict between the children of Abraham who have, are tracing this conflict back to the fact in terms of whether Abraham wanted to sacrifice his firstborn son or whether he wanted to sacrifice Ishmael. his legal son. Mm. And no one is stopping to ask, why the fuck did Abraham not sacrifice himself instead? Which is the crucial question. Or as Hitchens says, isn't that the beginning but, but, of immorality but, rather than monotheism? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Before we get, so, okay, before so we, before Bafana, we get into yours. the reads, because there's, there's a lot here. I want Bafana mm. to have a chance to reply to you because mm. you put a lot out there. And I want us to try and keep this tidy so that by the end of it, we emerge with some better understanding rather than another source of conflict, another <laughs> example, another example. And I, I, I don't mean this in any way disparagingly to any of you, but I'm just so tired of seeing another fight on TV between a pro-Palestinian and an Israeli having an argument about land, for example, which reminds me in a haunting sort of way of some of the things that go on here when it comes to land. And they're not... It's an absolutely fair comparison, Gareth. I think it is a fair yes. comparison because mm -hmm. there's a lot of confusion around the legal entitlement to land, the historical attachment to land, where the land gives people dignity. There's a lot of stuff that we've still got to deal with in this country. Maybe in some ways we have but that they are dealing with in a very similar fashion over there. So, Bafana, first things first, you get to reply to Canton. He made a lot of points there. Where do you want to start? Okay, I would love to start with this part. In 1949, as you said, there's a, there was a green line, right? And uh, from 1948, from 49 until 67, Egypt controlled Gaza. Jordan controlled the West Bank. The West Bank. They didn't create a Palestinian state. And there was no, even a push to create a Palestinian state. Rather, yes. rather, what they did afterwards, after 19 years in power in those territories, they still wanted to attack. So I don't know whether the war is about the land itself or it's about the Jewish presence in the land. And that's why most Jews are convinced that, you know what, we are not fighting a war of territory here. We are fighting a war where our neighbors, before they have united against us to unleash war on us, Second time in 67, 73, you can count all those years where our I'm 100% states, in agreement with right? everything so far. So, yes. Yeah. So the question then becomes to say, maybe the issue is not about land. Maybe the issue is about radicalism, religious extremists, extremists religious uh, radicalism to a point where some, even now Hamas, Again, Hamas when they attacked Israel, now they said they were going to liberate Al-Aqsa. It was not even about land or rights or civil rights. It was more about we are going to liberate Al-Aqsa Mosque. So we cannot just uh, reduce this battle to a mere land or a, to a human rights issue. There is an... My man, you cannot have Iran slapping hands in Tehran over what is happening in Israel. I think the Arab... But you've had the U.S. clapping hands over what's been happening in Israel for how many years? I mean... No, that's not the point. I, I understand we're 100% in agreement on everything that you've said so far. True. So my point of departure, very simply, guys, okay, is mm -hmm. how do we fix this? 
Because no, 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 no. Before, before we get to that, because we now you, I mean, because we're going into who's right but, and, but, and who's wrong. But we have tried this before. Remember, in in two oh eight, when Ehud El Olmert said, "You know what? I'll give ninety percent of the West Bank back to the Palestinians. Is Jerusalem will be the capital of the new Palestinian state." What happened? Maybe you can educate me on that. Yeah, they so, said no so, to that. So, so we can, they were actually given about, what we, they've we, been fighting for okay, all so, these years. So the Palestinians and they still had elections. No. Okay, the Palestinians had elections. The Palestinian Authority, uh, well. Um, this is back uh, in 2005. Yeah, yes. one on the West Bank. But Hamas <laughs> had a plurality in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hamas had 42% of the vote in Gaza. Yes. All right. Hamas then effectively took power in Gaza and proceeded to slaughter all of their opponents, their oh. political opponents, okay, which is what terrorist groups do. Can we agree yes. on this? Absolutely. Okay? And that's right. why I'm an issue call them. Right. right. So now we've got this fractured situation where you've got um, uh, Gaza, which is uh, ruled by Hamas effectively, and you have the West Bank, you know, which, which kind of just like sits there and, you know, every so often kind of raises its head in feeble protest. But the West Bank, the, the, the PLO, has always been this fundamentally corrupt organization in much the same way that the ANC is a corrupt organization uh, today. So, <laughs> I surmise that's one of yeah. the reasons they're friends. Yeah, so... Yeah. It makes no, sense. Well, <laughs> consider that there, there were Palestinians that I actually had very close interaction with. So the late Edward Said, for example, uh-huh. um, uh, wrote a seminal work called Orientalism. And, you know, I, I really recommend that people go and look for this book and, and read it. Mm. Um, I... Uh, first met uh, Said uh, back in the the day in the U.S. and uh, maintained uh, contact with him up until the time of his death. And he parted ways with the PLO because of their corruption. So these are the two pieces of the puzzle that we've got. And and while you're on Mm. that, Mm. it's worth also mentioning that Hamas has done absolutely nothing to improve the condition of any single citizen except the leadership themselves who – Happily are ensconced in, where is it, Qatar? In Qatar right now, okay, in a five-star so, hotel. So every time, and, and Israel's been responsible for supplying water and electricity largely. I mean, listen, Gaza is an isolated strip with no real ability to, no porous borders anywhere, right? So mm. people often talk on the Palestinian side about, in inverted commas, an open-air prison and all of this stuff. And there may be some veracity to that. There may be some questions we could talk about, about the way people live there. And But Hamas, as the government there, have not made a single effort to improve the lives of their own people, to build any infrastructure. Every cent that they seem to get. Oh, no, they've built infrastructure, but it's infrastructure. Terrorist infrastructure. Yes, it's tunnels, infrastructure. missiles. Tunnels, missiles. I mean, their, pr- their production systems out sure, there are, sure. yeah. um, uh, are absolutely superb. So Hamas has by no means been an exemplary government. And no. they say in the last, uh, the, last the, the, the most recent research that they've done that what 50 and between 50 and 57% of the people in Gaza support Hamas. Now, many of them would do that at gunpoint because what do you say if you live in Gaza? But, but also yeah. I think there is a, there's also an indoctrination that, is, that comes around it, right? Yeah, but we all get, we can, all get, we all get indoctrinated. Say, yes, every, my point is something, something particularly slimy about like teaching kids yeah. in school that Jews yeah, are Yeah, my apes point is that the Jews and, are and, apes, and monkeys sons of the devil, be, yeah, and pigs. they drink blood you of know, whatever. You know, I grew up during the apartheid era. We, we, we had Swat Khafar <laughs> you know, uh, put into our heads all the time. We had Roy Khafar put into our heads all the time. 
time. Yes. Indoctrination is what every single country does. And I, I think what we should avoid doing is get down to – uh, is is to deny agency to the Palestinian people. We can take the view that they support no, the, Hamas, and that's okay. Whether they indoctrinated or but not, but the question matter. is: the question is, do we want to solve it, and what does solving it okay. look like? Well, that brings us right? to that brings me to the right. question. And go for it. Tell so, us how we solve it. No, I mean it's it's very clear. We've been talking about the two state two, two state solution for okay, a very a long time right now, right? Right? No, we, they, they can decide amongst themselves to say Who? from this point to this point, Israelis and Palestinians. They yeah, can but decide. then you need to negotiate. With Hamas, which is the starting point of no, our conversation. But you don't negotiate with terrorists. You don't negotiate with terrorists. That's okay. exactly the so point. But yeah. more than that, that's exactly though, the yes. point. So, can I just jump in and say uh, thank what God this conflict yes. has also taught us all, <laughs> yes. what it's shown us all, is that there are no adults in the room here. So, you talk about. Are you just who, talking about this room or that room as well? <laughs> I'm the adult in this room. But, but the reality is that what we, we also don't have is we also don't have on a world scale, on a global scale, anybody who is able to pick up the phone and have a conversation on either side, yes, whichever we do. side Putin it is. has done that. Ah, uh, really? You spoke earlier about Madiba and being, yes, uh, yes. because that's who he was. We do not currently have an elder statesman, whether it is mm, in the mm, UN mm, or mm. the US or South Africa or even Russia. True. Uh, or even Russia, who is able to bring all sides, all sides, and there are not two sides here, there are multiple sides, whether you're talking about why Egypt is not allowing civilians into Egypt, out of the danger zone it's into because Egypt. because they know that Hamas are crazy guys who are actually going to start fermenting insurrection within, because is within Hamas Egypt. And for the same so, reason that Jordan will not allow Palestinians yep. into Jordan, so, so you because don't think, they tried to assassinate you don't think it would make You don't think it would make sense that then both states around there unite against Hamas and get rid of it? They won't, though. They won't. But it wouldn't make sense. Though. It would, if in an ideal world. <laughs> in, a, in an ideal and world. If your say, aunt had balls, she would have been your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> because the problem that I find with this, right, is that Hamas is the main obstacle. They used to say settlements is the main obstacle to peace, but Hamas is the main obstacle to peace right now. Because if we don't have anyone willing to engage and anyone saying, you know what? We, we are the representative of the Palestinian people and we would love to see peace in this uh, view and how can we work around it? Maybe we are, we, are, we are looking at something. Saudi Arabia maybe could have been a, a good broker. It seems like it's a, it's a big brother, but certainly Hamas is a friend of wow. Iran. Wow, that's another meta-narrative. Right. That, you know. <laughs> no, 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 this is because, good because yes. what happened there is that essentially Saudi Arabia and Israel were getting to a point where they would have been normalizing in inverted commas relations yes. mm. It was a big threat to Iran. Iran was like, if we're going to press the button, it might as well be now. Hamas is going to do this. Now, what about this theory? Sure. What about the theory that all of this that has happened was actually unintended? Like, let's just for a minute assume that Hamas was given support and the, the green light by Iran, but for a small thing to happen because they assumed Israeli countermeasures would be so successful that they wouldn't get as far as they did. Let's no. imagine for a second that, mm. no, let's say that this was more wildly mm. successful mm. 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 than Hamas had imagined it could be. That uh, they were guessing maybe they'd be able to like make some holes in the fence, get a little way in, and the Israelis... Gareth, I'm, have, I'm, I'm disputing I that know, fundamental I, thing. And you see the reason I, I why I'm disputing so. it, okay? Mm. For the longest time, 
in the world, we've had this idea of U.S. exceptionalism and Israeli exceptionalism in military terms. And that's okay. because of the fact that for the longest time, they've been able to substantially outgun everyone. Mm -hmm. And the carpet bombing strategy has been highly effective. Now, let's use, for, uh, for example, the question of the Iron Dome. Okay, mm -hmm. The Iron Dome is mm -hmm. a fabulous mm -hmm. piece of technology. And I've, I've written about it. I've, I've sung its praises. The Iron Dome has a 99% accuracy. Okay, in, in terms of taking out enemy missiles. <clears throat> so that means if you have 100 incoming missiles, one of them is going to get through. Mm -hmm. When you have a situation where Hamas is firing 6,000 rockets simultaneously, sure. there is no way. Okay, so the concept of Hamas, you know, unexpectedly stumbling. No, this was planned. And again, it, you know, don't it was planned, but don't focus on on Israeli exceptionalism. Israel was caught flat-footed. They yeah. didn't take the lessons that were learned in Ukraine, where Russia did exactly the same thing. All of the American missile defense systems, the Patriots, and so forth, they just swarmed them with very small drones. And at the point at which you're able to see then where the firing is coming from, you then target that missile defense system and take it out. And that is going to be the new warfare strategy around the world going forward. Okay. I mean, so, so now this mm. comes back to my question, all right? And the strategy has worked very well for Israel up until now. What, the okay. Iron Dome system? No, not the Iron Dome system. That whenever Hamas gets too far out of line, you just go in and... What uh, they say, and, and mow the lawn. Mow the lawn, um, mm. Uh, mm. as they put it, and then mm. you effectively disable them for a period. Mm. But what's been happening over the longest time now, okay, is that the technology has been moving, not exponentially, geometrically. Mm. So mm. you've now got the ability of Hamas itself to produce drone capacity on the ground mm. at a significantly mm. faster rate than Israel can put in Iron Dome defense systems. Because remember, each of those missiles that the Iron Dome defense system fires costs 150,000 US dollars each of them single-handedly. Sure. And you have to now face that off against the fact that Hamas is turning out drones that are effectively costing hundreds of dollars, not mm. thousands of dollars, right. hundreds of dollars. So, so, the, this is, so the reason why I keep coming back to the question is of what is the solution? Because if we're not recognizing the path that, that the technology is currently taking, mm. then Israel is toast just simply because of the sheer volume of incoming missiles that Israel will not be able to keep up with no. unless they, they end up resorting to nukes and then we've got World oh War III. No, not really. I, th I think maybe just to agree with you on, on? The, on the idea that this was planned. You know, it was yeah, not just the, they, got, they got the Jews. They that, said two years. The been yes, like in, like in 73 when they attacked on Yom Kippur, right? It was just a Jewish holiday and nobody thought that there would be war anytime soon. Just like now, it was a feast, feast, of, feast of the tabernacles. Sim, Simchat Torah. Yeah, yeah, Simchat Torah. And then right there where Jews were celebrating, I mean, young boys and girls were dancing in clubs and all overnight they were abducted somewhere. Some are still held hostage in Gaza. So this was well planned to say we attack with uh, we attack with missiles and rockets, and you're gonna go in and take what is that community Olifakim, the 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 village there that was completely destroyed, babies burned up, and all of that. So for me, I tend to think that Israel still has. I think now they've learned from this. But I think the military capability of the Israeli state is very much strong. I don't think that Hamas will ever, and ever. And that's the point I disagree with. 
We would see a bargain. Yeah, you so see put me, it's open. Yeah, put me what, what do you what do you want to throw in here? Because you've been sitting there, and I'm sure you have some things to add. Put me the busisiwa imkwebane of this conversation. Don't insult her. Go for it. Fighter. You know. This is the thing about (laughs) this conversation. And as you rightly said, Gareth, is all that we've been seeing everywhere is we're just seeing these counter offenses and without Mm. looking at a a broader and more nuanced conversation that Mm. says there are more interests on the ground than what we're all looking at. We're kind of looking Palestine, Israel, or Israel, 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 Iran and Israel. Or even, you know, Qatar, Egypt, all of the various people. But we actually need to be looking at all of them on a 360 model, right? As we all, we need to be looking at each and every single player in this fight Mm -hmm. and what their motivation is and what they get out of it. Because this is the thing about wars, right? But I also have to say that this this is not a war that Israel asked for. And True. I think that's a major that's Israel, a major p- component. Of Israel this. is at a constant state of war because they are surrounded completely on every side mm. by mm. enemy forces. They are in a co- who's always whose avowed purpose is there <laughs> at, at a destruction, annihilation. Exactly. Yeah. The only Jewish state in the world mm. is surrounded on every side by people who want to destroy it. So they are in a constant state of war. But because they have been so distracted by their internal politics, they have not, and you know, people have been talking, is this like a Pearl Harbor, right? They didn't see it coming. Mm, Was mm, the intelligence mm. there? And what we know now is that (laughs) maybe the intelligence was there. Maybe Netanyahu knew that this was coming, but because he was so focused on saving his own damn ass, he Mm, wasn't mm, interested mm. in making the right moves. And what that has done is it has weakened him. I think also also the the focus on Iran, I think Israel has spent so much time focusing on Iran because there's been making these uh, threats to say we are going we are coming after you. And also this judicial overhaul politics in, internally within Israel. That was, that, that, was, that was one thing that made us lose uh, the plot was, uh, in terms of uh, can well, you anticipate the, uh, the, the, the Hamas attack. I mean, we didn't see it coming. We thought Iran might, be, might attack or we didn't even... Iran was the, the truth most of obvious. the matter is that I, I, nobody I is going to come out on the other side of this mm. looking good. Because True. on either side, there well, have been so many atrocities I want to talk that about it has this. completely, it's, it's, for yeah. me, and I said to you last week, Gareth, is that I feel like this, this particular conflict mm. in this moment in time in the world is debasing all of us, all of us, whether it is you're seeing people's heads being blown off on social media, right, mm, 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 or mm. you are Israel looking like you're attacking hospitals or you are Hamas not allowing civilians out of conflict zones or you, or you are Frankly, Egypt, you're not, Egypt allowing, not opening the border because of course or they you are Egypt not yeah. allowing mm. refugees into your country fuck it's a shit show and okay. everybody sure. on, everybody comes out on the other side and loses i think that's right but i i'm also tired of moral equivocation and the the idea that this is actually a both sides situation. You have people saying absolutely stupid things, like, for example, well, I'm against any deaths. They're like, oh, so you're against bad things. I mean, like, that's a position. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Canton? It's like, it's just so, it's so facile to say things like, Gareth, I'm I, against I all deaths. Can, I mean, can, can all, can, like, can all of us agree? I'm for all deaths. Can I mean, all of us agree? There's no one's pro death in this Can world. all of us agree that what Hamas did 
was an atrocity. And these guys, there needs to be a Nuremberg trial that's going to take these guys out. Absolutely. I think all of us, you are not going to find any person. Furthermore, that they should hunt down these Hamas leaders. First thing that that Biden should be doing, if he means what he says, is he should say to Qatar, Qatar hand these people over. No, but that's the problem that we've got right now. Okay, that hunting hunting down these people, because this is not a war that's being fought in the way that Russia versus Ukraine, for example, is being fought. That war is being fought with boots on the ground. You have people wearing uniforms. You're able to tell the difference between boots. civilians and combatants. <laughs> and yes, uh, you and are. T- and terrorists. And, I think combatants and, 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 soft. I'm talking Ukraine. Don't get so caught up <laughs> in the terminology that you, no, you want to use the word. want to be clear. No, no. So... Between combatants and civilians in Ukraine, you can tell the difference immediately. Mm. Now, you can't do the same thing in Gaza because the guy is wearing a T-shirt and he looks like anyone else. And you have no way of actually finding that particular person and rooting it out. And so now when you have... And they've deliberately, Hamas has deliberately blurred those lines. Absolutely. So that you don't know who's who. But... So you're fighting guerrilla warfare. Yes. Now, at the point at which you're, you're fighting guerrilla warfare, from the Israeli point of view, you have an implacable enemy who is committed to your destruction. It's part of what they've got in their actually their founding articles. Yes. Say they, that they the don't destruction hide the ball. Of, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what is Israel supposed to do at the point at which you've got an enemy who is – Committed to your destruction. You've been asking for solutions. Yes. What should they do? What, and what, do? what do you see as the solution? Because you asked Bafana, but yes. I mean, you must have some ideas. Yeah, well, right now, the solution from Israel's point of view is to do exactly what they've always been doing, which is to basically mold the lawn. And I, but, the but, 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 you, but I'm saying. Are you supporting the, the, the siege on Gaza? Is that the only solution? Look, I'm saying right now that if I were Israeli, that would be the foremost strategy in my mind. And remember that the fundamental thing, guys, Mm. about understanding how to win these battles is you have to put yourself in the position of the players on both sides and ask yourself, in the scenario, what would I be doing? And what is is optimal and what is is your worst case scenario? Yes, yeah. So does Israel have a choice other than what they're doing? What they are doing right now. And the answer is? And the answer for me is no. Okay. At the same time, do I think it's going to work? The answer to that, again, for me, is no. Right, because of the technological things that you were talking about. It's, in because, terms of, of it's because of the technological okay. things and also mm. because Israel just doesn't have enough boots on the ground. Okay. So they've got 300,000 people that they've now put together. They were about to march into Gaza mm. um, to start a ground war. True. And suddenly Hezbollah assembles a couple of hundred thousand people in on the northern Lebanon, border. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So now mm. what happens is that if you suddenly have Israel opening up a front on the Gaza Strip, you're now going to have a scenario where Hezbollah is able north. to suddenly come through from the north. Mm. And you, they don't have the manpower to be able to fight on both fronts at once. So, but what is the solution? You, you're not going to say a solution yet. I'm saying that the solution starts with a couple of things, and it goes back to the ancestral roots of this conflict. Mm. And actually not so much because of the fact that it's – um, Jews versus um, Arabs. Uh, versus Arabs. It's mm. got everything to do with the fact that the reason why Iran is so implacably in favor of the destruction of Israel mm. is because of the fact that the United States has for the longest time been in favor of the implacable destruction of Iran. 
Let, let's be very clear. No, no, but let me finish this point. Okay? Yes, because, yes. And it, it goes back to this thing about understanding the mindsets of the various players that are involved. Right. Mm. Okay. Iran has been regime changed by the U.S. up until in the late uh, uh, mid-50s. 70s. The mid-50s, Gareth, firstly. Mm. Iran was a secular democracy. Yeah, but they okay. got rid of the Shah in the 70s. <clears throat> Yeah, they go, no, hang on a second. Don't don't get confused. Okay, we're okay. going back to the 50s. So the U.S. first did a regime change in the 1950s. They then again did a regime change and put the Shah back in power in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Mm. And ever since um, uh, the Ayatollahs came uh, into power, you've had an Iran that's become more and more religiously fundamentalist and committed to the destruction of the United States because the United States, for the longest time, has been doing everything in their power, their power to actually undermine the state of Iran. And, you know, up until the, the Ukraine war, they were the most sanctioned country. Now, but, now, Iran, consider this. If you were in the position of Iran, here's what I would be thinking. Mm. Is Israel a proxy for the United States in this region? To yes. Iran, absolutely. Yes. yes. Mm. And therefore, if I'm going to uh, want to get back at the U.S., what is my point of entry? It has to be Israel. So mm. now the solution that we need to be thinking of seriously comes down to the fact that we now have BRICS actually coming to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And in order for Iran to continue being a part of that um, that club, okay, and okay. It, it, it is a club right now. Crucially, BRICS is not a military alliance, okay? It's sure. just an agreement yeah. to play by uh, by particular rules. But what we have seen is that China's role in particular has been to try and say, look, can we agree on cessation of hostilities under particular rules? And they've been able to do this between the Saudis and Iran. But, now, no, so yes. you, you're asking me for a solution, and I'm saying mm. that... I'm not saying it's a solution you're going to like, mm. okay? But I am saying right now, the only part that I am seeing to this, there has to be a withdrawal of U.S. support. For, for Israel. For Israel. And and right now... But it's impossible. Then you condemn uh, Israel. <laughs> it's impossible. You don't? You don't. <laughs> you don't. And, what, and, I'll tell, you? and I'll tell you why you don't. Because at the point at which you have that formal withdrawal of U.S. support and you allow... Russia and China very specifically to become honest brokers within that region. So remember up until now, Russia has installed S-400 missile defense systems in Syria. Which I got from... Mm. No, so these are Russia's S-400 missile defense systems. But Russia does not allow the S-400 missile defense systems to be used against incoming Israeli aircraft. Now, yeah. did you guys ever, ever stop to ask why this is the case? Why? It's because of the fact that Putin has a very good relationship with Israel. With Netanyahu. With, uh, with, not, with only, Israel. Not, not only with Netanyahu, okay? Mm. So remember at the, at the time that, uh, but, that, that, that the uh, Ukraine war b- broke up, yes. who was the person who was uh, the first go-between? It was mm. Bennett, mm. okay? Because mm. Bennett first went, uh, went to Turkey. He had a meeting with the Ukrainians. And then but, he went to Russia, and he brokered what became that first peace agreement, which Boris Johnson then but, but God, So I, I'm I, saying I beg to differ on mm. on the view that, which is I think is a view that I've I've seen even the first March that happened in South Africa. It went to the American embassy, mm. and I said it can't be that 
we are going to reduce this to a mere proxy between the Americans and Iranians. Uh, Iranians. Because in the 1950s, you mentioned the 1950s, but in the 1948 or 47, actually, when the UN was established and there was a partition plan, all Arab states did not recognize Israel to be established. I mean, all. In 48, almost seven or eight, uh, seven or Arab states attacked Israel. This was even before there was. Uh, no, but we know no. all this, and, and yes. none, none no, of this I'm is say, I'm try, No, I'm trying. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to show you that but the we've, issue. We've no, said, no, no, no. We've said no, all of this, no, and we've got like ten minutes. You've been speaking. You've been speaking. Allow me to finish up. Yeah. yeah. So take us forward. Yes, I'm taking you forward. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm just. I'm just trying to correct <laughs> this idea that America is a problem here. Actually, meanwhile, America is the party that keeps Israel alive. Because without America, probably you guys could, probably the Arab world could have actually succeeded by literally pushing the Jews to the sea as they have claimed from okay. river to can the I, sea. Can I ask so a question? What I'm saying is, can I ask a the question? Issue before here, you ask your question, Chief, the 1967 answer, no, war. Chief, I gave you a time to talk. Allow no, me. Go back, Thank you. <laughs> so I think that the, the reality here it is that we are dealing with Arab against Jews. And that is being led by Iran. Iran's and not an Arab country, by the it's, way. It's a patient, yes. But I'm going to say Muslim extremist, if that's the word to use. Uh, Shia, you could even say there's that Shia, Shia Sunni. Yeah, Shia Sunni. So let me so, ask very me, so, As Pumi no. said, it's so complicated. So I'm not saying the issue here. Let me ask my question. I'm, Americans, I think you are right when you say there's a death to Israel, death to America slogan no, in the Middle East. Just answer this one but question. Then, yeah, well, 1967. Right. What is this question? Okay, 1967. Sure. Okay. The 1967, the Six Day War. <laughs> yes. What role did America play in the Six Day War? I wouldn't. I mean, Israelis attacked first. They were very, very much independent. I know, what, the, what there was, was no question? American what, influence there. No, what I'm, was my question? Israel what, took it. What, what role they did didn't America? play any role at that point? Thank you. Yes. Okay. Israel very successfully defended themselves. And yes. not only that, do you remember the USS Liberty? Yes. What, what, the ship. Yeah. The ship, yes. Yeah, the USS Liberty. Yes. Okay. American, yes. American naval carrier. What happened to it? I don't know. I don't know. It was taken out by Israel. Okay, because the Americans sent carriers to the Middle East, but they did not intervene on the part of Israel. Okay. They refused to intervene. And I'm saying right now that the fuck up that we've got in Israel at this moment mm. is because of the fact that the US took 300,000 rounds of ammunition from Israel and shipped it off to Ukraine. And those 300,000 rounds of ammunition had been placed in Israel precisely to avoid a scenario that you've got right now, where if there's going to be an invasion, that the Israelis are not able to defend themselves. But, but Gaza, so this idea that the U.S. I think, is going to save I, I anyone. Don't think, I don't think it's ideal to actually try to say the whole issue here, it's U.S. I think we need I, to I am accept saying exactly that. that. All right, but I'm, Canton, I'm I mean, exactly logically, yes, logically, sensibly mm. here, if... You know, power abhors a vacuum. If if America, who is, in your own opinion, the, the major player on the one side and Iran, who's the major player on the other, mm. and you're saying China or Russia could be an honest broker here, you remove the one side's kind so, of big player, mm. then the other side is going to take complete advantage of that. And you think Israel, who you've already told us don't have enough boots on the ground, will be able to survive the onslaught from north and south and with Iran backing it? So be the end. So here's something that I've said on the show before, okay, that if Trump had still been sitting in office, mm. this shit would not have happened. No, of course okay, not. I'm very no. clear about this. No. And I'm also very clear about the fact 
that if Trump had been in office at this point right now, Americans would already have had boots on the ground and they would be doing um, door-to-door reconnaissance throughout um, uh, Gaza at the moment. They would be pulling out every single person. They would be hauling all of them uh, off to Guantanamo Bay for interrogation, all two million of them. And they would go very specifically <laughs> through, the million through children. that process. Okay? But what you've got right now in the United States okay, is, is you've got this doddering senile fuckwit mm-hmm. okay, who is not able to answer questions at a, at a press conference, is firmly committed to the pro uh, the anti-Israel factions, I should say, within yes. his own political yes. party. And there are a lot of those and, in this very and, concern. And, and I'm saying right now, okay, and understand that I want Israel to survive this. This is the most crucial thing from my perspective. But you're saying but, these but, things. But, and, and, and I'm no, saying it seems but, unlikely but, but, based you, you on what you know. said. No, I don't think he wants Israel to survive insanity, by removing America from the insanity equation. Insanity is I read doing your the column. same thing. Insanity I read, is doing I read the same column. thing. But, yes. but, but, Ganta, you can't say you want Israel to survive right, by let removing let me, let me ask the, the Americans in the equation. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, you're already. Okay, hold on, guys. I want to ask Pumi, how close are we to World War III and how can it be prevented? Because all of this. If it boils out of control, Pums, very this, is, this is very dangerous. And mm. everybody who says here in South Africa, oh, this is not our problem. It's something that's happening far away. Not true. Not true. Mm. It's very this involves near. everyone if, on if Earth. If you are worried about the price of eggs today, <laughs> <laughs> imagine what happens when a world war breaks out. No, because we are very close. We are very close to a world war. Because mm. I, I do also think that w- one thing we haven't spoken a lot about in this show now is the shifting sands in that Middle East. You know, when you think about the, Canton said, the children of Abraham, the Abraham Accords, it's not, it, it's not coincidence that this war breaks out literally a week after the UAE is signing a normalization agreement mm, mm, mm. with with Israel, which again, for Iran, they feel even more isolated and it creates for them a need to do something very quickly. And they have destabilized the entire mm, mm. environment now. But we're very close to it. I mean, there was hope with the Abraham Accords, I won't lie to you. We There was peace coming to that the was, Middle East. Let's just and give credit where it's due. I think that's a very mm, good point, mm, Pafana. Mm. Like, is Jared Kushner one... Not one of the best diplomats of the last 50 years. He was. In my book, he was. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree on that. I think with uh, the Abraham Accords coming in, seeing more normalization with most Arab states, uh, you look at uh, countries like um, former Bahrain. Bahrain coming into Israel. I'm like, wow, okay. You know, um, right now, the Saudis were just about to. To, to jump in this. Mm-hmm. This could have been a, a very good deal for Israel. And this could have been, the Arab League as well, I think, if they can unite and say, guys, let's broker a peace deal for our brothers that side. Let's try to work something around this. This could actually exactly produce right. peace. And, and the but Abraham then, Accords were the most brilliant piece of diplomacy that we've, we've seen in mm-hmm. you know more than half a century. Yes. And what's also very clear mm-hmm. is that at the point at which Biden came into office, the first thing he did was to say that uh, MBS is a terrorist and must be taken out stupid, and brought to trial. What a stupid thing to do! <laughs> an, and, and what did yeah. he do? He he drove over uh, what Khashoggi or something. Right? Yeah, over yeah. Khashoggi. So he mm. drove um, uh, the Saudis 
into partnership now with uh, with, uh, with, with Iran. And mm. this is why I keep coming back to the fact, you know, people are saying in the comments, I want Israel to fight with one hand behind its back. No, I'm saying that Israel cannot count on the U.S., True, and, I mean, and I'm saying that Israel we, we, has to find other no, people no, who are willing. No one can count no, on the US. No one, exactly. Least, that's exactly right. That's We've, exactly right. We've no seen in the, the last US. little while if you were in Afghanistan, Afghanistan. trying to hang, ha- hang on to those planes as they were flying out of mm, Bagram, mm, 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 yes, mm, mm, you, you can imagine how being an ally with the US is no longer a guarantee of anything. True, but then for Israel, unsettling the U.S. has been that friend that will, that will say, I'll come to you at any cost. I will come and defend you but at any haven't. cost, right? But no, but even with this conflict, they already moved quite very, very fast mm-hmm. to actually come to defense of Israel. All right. So I think that Israel and U.S., must stick together, even though you can rely on them totally. But I believe right now at this point, this is the only partner or superpower that we can maybe rely on for a while, but obviously not for a long run. Well, maybe Canton's point about how the U.S. isn't Israel's next best hope is something they're, they're considering. They probably are. There are mm, a lot of smart mm. people who are looking at all the options now. Mm. Um, how do we avoid World War Three? Somebody here, you all have a chance. Go ahead. Anybody for me? Uh, not, Canton? Not uh, Bafana? Any ideas? Look, okay. The only way we avoid World War III is if Iran and Hezbollah do not directly intervene in this conflict. If they do intervene in the conflict, we've got World War III. Because at that point, just because of the sheer force of numbers, mm-hmm. Israel has no choice but to use nukes. Simple. Okay. Simple. For, for me, maybe I'm more of a Mandela, but I believe that if uh, the, the, the Palestinians, the Israelis, and the Iran and whoever can actually try to broker a deal, uh, that would be the deal of the century, maybe for the Middle East. Maybe that can work. If Abraham Accords almost worked, maybe we can look at, an, at a better deal, another deal that can actually work. But I don't think that going into well, if war... Trump, if Trump I wins think the, the election only next way year, we avoid a World War Three. Mm-hmm. is if Israel pulls a Munich and goes into Qatar and cuts the head of the snake with Hamas because the only reason that Hezbollah has been emboldened mm. is by watching the chaos that has unfolded in Gaza. It's true. I actually support that as well. Let's rather go and get Hamas out, hunt Hamas, finish them off. But then, yeah, would they be the last one? Because there's also Palestinian Islamic Jihad. There is also Hezbollah in the north border, and they keep on popping up but all these groups. So you know, Israel guys, has we, always, we are dealing Israel with. Israel has always had a stance mm. that is a, a heavy stance that says, as long as the other side understands that nine of theirs mm. for every one of ours. Mm, is the mm. only the way that we're right. going to keep ourselves safe. This is Israel's stance, and I think this the is... The biggest U.S. Uh, military base in the Middle East is in Qatar, guys. So, so that, tells you how much, that tells you how much of a friend they are. All right, good point. Mm. I want to hold everything for just a second and bring it to South Africa. We've also got our cameras just froze because there was so much what? fractious energy <laughs> in the room <laughs> that we uh, Ryan has to now reset the cameras or something. So I just, he can't squeeze himself he can't squeeze in past, past Canton. Canton in all of his regalia. Okay, so quickly, to bring it home, sure. what about our involvement? What about South Africa? What about what our president has said? What about what Naledi Pandor has said? Mm. Bafana, you go first. Sure. 
I, I think that South Africa is uh, is pushing this in a very wrong way on the fact that they are trying to somehow uh, compare this to the apartheid regime of South Africa back in the day. I think it's very far-fetched. I think this war with its history, what we have discussed here for the past 45 minutes, is nothing compared to what South Africa went through during the apartheid regime and the freedom fighters of Tambo and Chris Hani. Mm -hmm. And also, I feel like the ANC is imposing their... Yeah. Strike Strike Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Are we, are we yeah. still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Sorry. Okay. I feel like the ANC is imposing uh, their stance, which is be purely ideological, purely friendship based on the struggle back in the 80s or 70s when they met with the PLO in Moscow. But this has nothing to do with the apartheid history. South Africa is slowly uh, making themselves uh, look um, in was the word to use. They can't be relied upon to broker peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis oh, because please. already they have chosen a side. And to have Nadi Pando calling a terrorist organization in that manner, that was very appalling. We need to make sure that we remove the apartheid label uh, on Israel. I think our history is very unique to our people and our history here was basically based on black and white. Meanwhile, okay. meanwhile, on Israelis, is very much different. It's about the Jewish what? state existing in the Middle East and the Arab neighbors, even the Palestinians rejecting that to realize and recognize that there is a Jewish state and it will exist. All right, Canton, you've spoken about how you think Naledi Pando should at least be talking. I'm saying to that Hamas, they're the people I'm saying, to address. I'm saying that everyone should be talking to Hamas, and that's okay. not to say <laughs> you're not saying cut their heads off like Pumi. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm, I'm saying that the fundamental role, if you want to be a broker, is you need to be able to have channels of communication okay. to both sides. Mm. Cyril, <laughs> but 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 Cyril Cyril and, no, 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 no. So hang on a second. So Kanta, yeah, no, no. What wait. I'm saying is, if if you are saying that, right? Already in Israeli terms, Hamas is not a partner to peace; is a terrorist. How how do you position yourself by actually calling a Hamas terrorist as a minister of Deco? Are you not publicly or just you declaring war on Israel as well as a partner of Hamas? You know, this is too much along the lines of if you're not with us, then you're against us. No, <laughs> no, guys, no. I think South Africa. And this is why, this is yes. exactly why we've never been able to have resolution to this. The, f the first thing in terms of resolving any conflict Yes. is you need to have open channels to both sides. And open channels doesn't mean mm. that you are supporting either side. Or that, you, yeah, that you're giving okay. them a, a, Yes, but a open, open channels means that you have the ability at any given stage mm. to pick up the phone and say, right. here's, what has, I'm, here's what I'm... And, and, what I'm saying is, South she Africa didn't call Netanyahu. She I didn't even call the ambassador. Can I just say? Yes. South Africa has completely lost... Yeah. For a very long time, the yes. moral you ask me, ground. You ask me what I think fine. we. Sh you ask me what I think we should be doing, and then you immediately pile on me. No, 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 no I'm piling on you guys. We have listened to you tell us what you think yes. should be happening for a good part of this show. All, right. all I'm saying, <laughs> you took this wrong. Fighter and Kwebane. All I am saying, yes, is that South Africa, unfortunately, does not have the moral standing in True. this fight. It does not. Secondly. South Africa has a whole lot of its own shit to deal with. Mm. And that's what they should be concentrating on. But this 
is a great distraction for everybody from their failings. The ANC is using this to distract us all from their own failings as a government in this country. The distractions entirely Spot media on. narrative. I think, no, but the, I think, I think no, you, but the distraction you knocked it out. Case, the yeah. distraction yeah. in this case Absolutely. is a media yes. narrative. But guys, let's be very clear. Okay, South Africa is not going to be the broker of peace here. No. Okay, but BRICS could. But, but BRICS could. But, but BRICS could. And right now, BRICS is the only player in the world that could actually be brokering any sort but, of peace out there. But what I'm and, saying to and, you, and I'm very happy for you the, to say that. On the that issue of channels, right? Yeah. I'm saying yeah. if Narendra could have said, I'm, "I'm calling your terrorist or Hamas," as you as you want to justify that, but also then calling Netanyahu or maybe calling the ambassador here in Pretoria to her office. That would be nice. That Instead would be of more nice. We shut down yes. the embassy. Rather than you saying, "We're called Israel," we're called Israeli products. Now, Led is becoming an activist for Palestine using the seat of the minister of deco she in, is in, not in, exact, in any way playing a, diplom- a diplomatic role and in Listen, exactly the same on, on, way on russia in, and in ukraine exactly, in, exactly in russia and ukraine way. we were non-aligned as we claimed right yeah we said so we said so and this is the and part she, where we have the to same in terms of her statement around this no no she's no no she's very clear and lady we need to boycott israel is an oppressive regime she's all the words she's always been clear on how she hates israel right mm-hmm. so you cannot then claim that what the call to Hamas was somehow opening channels. No, it's a very clear call of solidarity with the people <laughs> they've been supporting for all these years. It has nothing to do with di- diplomacy because if, if it's about diplomacy, he could have called the Israeli side. Stop, so- stop, stop with Israel-Palestine for a second. <laughs> Pumi said something just now. Yes. It's a distraction. You said it's a media narrative, which I think both you're both on the, on the money here, but mm. what are they distracting us from? Pumi, that's the important question. That because they have that's completely the thing, failed us. That's the thing that's going to affect all of us most importantly in the next couple of months. We've got an election mm. coming up. Yes. Everybody's talking about it, even though we don't know. It might be sometime in May. Not really sure, yeah. And people in this country talk about distractions. We're, we're even distracted by uh, gossip. Mm. Uh, we, we, it doesn't take a lot to distract <laughs> South Africans. <laughs> Perhaps the scariest realization I've had in the last two weeks yes. is that despite my own very strong feelings on this situation, and clearly you guys are full of strong feelings about this too, which I love, but my God, there are a lot of people who just don't care. There are a lot of young people in the world who are completely apathetic to all of this. Sure. True. What is that? Because that is to me the big elephant in the room that no one seems to be talking about. You ask young people, I'm talking old, young, uh, I mean, um, uh, white, black, uh, rich, poor. I'm talking about all kinds. Ask them about this. Very, very, very superficial answers, if any. And most are too terrified Mm. to say anything in case they are seen to be on one side and the person asking the question is on the other. I I think for what I've seen for a couple of years, uh, some of us were introduced to this conflict because we are politically activists and we are members of the ANC and we had the scarf uh, like Ganta here, right? Mm. But then in terms of the local underground people, they don't even care. Okay. To most Christians, it's more about this is our holy land. Jesus mm-hmm. is from there. The Bible is from there. We stand with Israel without any historical facts or what's happening on the ground. Also, there is a view uh, that... Uh, ANC then tends to what? Tends to 
uh, impose this idea and it's very easy to say just like south africans during apartheid so we must support palestine it's victim, yes victim, so yeah. because we know apartheid because we they say apartheid is right automatically you feel aligned to the struggle but when you realize the history behind all of this conflict there is no way that we can be compared to what is happening in the middle east so yes young people are apathetic to what's happening in the middle east not even they have a clue who's Hamas, who don't even have a clue who's Netanyahu, but all they hear, it's just like South Africans during apartheid. Yeah, we must support word, this. That word, and that yeah, is wrong and it's yeah. misleading and it's malicious. Right. And it's not uh, going to help us solve the problem. And it's not going to help us solve the problem. No, even but if you say it's wrong, it's malicious. Agreed. It doesn't help us solve the problem. Okay, so last thoughts because you've all been shouting at each other for the last uh, well not you pull me out I, I accept you <laughs> but I like that uh, Bafana and Canton have been shouting at each other and a lot of what you've been saying is stuff mm. that people either have been thinking themselves or in the case of the technology argument that you made earlier and the way that warfare has changed I think this is very valid and useful information for people to input mm. into their models in their heads because otherwise we're not going to move forward and these are realities that are starting to dawn on people too. I mean, mm. the idea that you could paraglide in mm. to a an area where people at a music concert and then immediately mow them down with machine guns, this is as revolutionary as flying planes into the World Trade Center in some ways. Mm -hmm. And this, this was Israel's 9-11, if we're going to make comparisons like Munich about taking Yes, and, and in, terms of, in terms of per capita deaths, it's, uh, it, it's... It's the biggest since the Holocaust. And it's, significant, and yeah, it's significantly worse than 9-11 at a number yeah, of levels. Absolutely. True, All right, true. so last word. I'm going to go Pumi first. And then I want to go last. You want to oh, go last? Fighter. <laughs> why are you? Why are you two associating her with Busisiwem Kwebane? This is very unfair. Just because no. she's a black woman, what is this? Because <laughs> I'm black. <laughs> All right, no, so, you go ahead for me, Bafana. You know, you can start. You can start. Uh, um, Just your your overall thoughts. You got like a minute or two. We've already gone over time, but this is uh, important. You know, I I think Gareth, uh, in, if you want to broker peace, I'm, I'm going to go back to the idea that engage with partners people, possible partners towards delivering that peace. Secondly, South Africa must just remove our history from this. It's not helping anyone. It's just fueling the fire across the world and is actually demonizing Jews. And we have seen a high rise of anti-Semitism as a result of people actually trying to use the apartheid energy to say, okay, Jews are evil. Well, we had people we, at, the, have, at the Sydney Opera House, yes. forgive my interruption, shouting gas the Jews. My point is that we have people saying Hitler should have finished them all. So Jesus. when you hear all of these things, people are using the apartheid to say the apartheid regime, the the oppressors, whatever, all these uh, catchy words. But the, the truth of the matter is that until we deal with this war, honestly, a full appreciation of its history, then we can find peace. But as long as we are pushing propaganda machinery on both sides, we are only going to fuel fire. And that fire, sadly, it puts the Jewish community at all the time on the understands of you are evil, Satanist, all these anti-Semitic things that you have heard, even from the Palestinian leaders that are actually indoctrinating their children to say these right. are evil people, okay. they drink blood. So I'm saying peace must be realized. Ehud Olmert tried in 2008. They, he gave the Palestinians all the land that they wanted. He gave them 95% of the West Bank and, and Gaza. And, and they said no to that. So right. let the Palestinians at this time with the Arab world unite and propose a peace deal that will work. But Israel must stand, will stand. Okay, Canton? 
Consider the fact right now that you have ISIS on the one hand and you have Hamas on the other hand. And I, I, I tell people that, you know, they're not cut from the same cloth, but they sing from the same hymn sheet. Mm. And the reason why I think that Russia is the only player that militarily is capable of being an honest broker here is because Russia has been committed to the eradication of ISIS. And they've actually been doing so on the ground in Syria and in other parts of the world. But Joe Biden's been telling us for the last three years that Russia is the most evil superpower that's you ever see, existed. Until, until we have this shift that, that goes away from kowtowing to the Americans and talking about American exceptionalism, realizing that there's a shift in power that's taking place around the world. Understand right now that Iran has hypersonic missiles that are capable of flattening Tel Aviv. Let's, let's be very clear about but that. But then can you really trust Russia? Meanwhile, it has obviously declared support the question, of Palestine. The question, the question of whether or not you can trust Russia is not the point. We've already established that we can't trust the United States. We then have to look but, at... But, but, no, no, wait. Yes. And this is, uh, no, okay. Yes. Yes. Sorry, okay, sorry, okay, sorry. okay. <laughs> We've already established that you can't trust the United States. Yes. When you look in terms of who has, firstly, the capacity fundamentally to be able to broker just simply based on the fact that they have the experience, the technological uh, capability to do so, right. and that they are a relatively disinterested party. And that's why I'm saying that the only people that you can actually rely on to be honest brokers between all sides. Curveball, the Russians. Yes, okay, absolutely. Pumi, last word. And I've, I've got like, we've got to hurry this. So you've, you've got it. You're the, the boss. Russians. I okay. can't believe that in 2023, we still have to use the slogan we grew up with in the 90s that says peace in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that note... We draw it to a close this morning, a nice fiery burning platform. It's not called that for no reason. Thanks, everybody. We will see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. bright and early. Thank you, Kanthan Pumi. Thank you, Bafana. And most especially, thank you to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.